20,000 views. How's it going? How's everybody doing? Ralph's laughing. That's always a good sign to start off the day. Always happy. Can everybody hear us okay? See us okay? Uh, I'm just getting confirmation. Anybody see us, hear us? I says live, but you never know. We could just be talking to a screen. Oh, we... Yeah, we're live. All right. How's everybody doing? So I thought we would do a quick little uh, fun video uh, uh, live because we just hit uh, 20 million views, uh, which I think is a milestone for a channel. Um, it feels pretty like milestone like um <laughs> i mean it does i mean it's just inconceivable uh to think about for me so thank you congrats on the 20 million views yeah it's it, it's it seems pretty pretty big uh so i thought let's do a quick live stream uh ralph and i were doing some goofing off today at uh the guitar center uh and we'll talk about that too we'll talk about <laughs> all the cra craziness that is implied and out there so i thought let's see what's going on um, anything exciting out there? Uh, somebody said, I'll hit that first. Somebody said, hey, what happened to the Guitar Center video? It posted, it didn't get posted. What happened was, uh, I went and I, I edited the current Guitar Center video. Um, and not edited like I changed it. I took, um, oh, thanks. Yeah. I took something <laughs> off of it, um, at the end, um, because it was for a contest. So what happened was accidentally it got reposted to YouTube as a new video, but it wasn't. So that's what happened to it. All right. Anything? Anything? Let's start with uh, some cool questions. Jason says, hey, from Canada. Love you guys. Hey, Canada. How's it going? I got no Canadian jokes today. You know what? Jason looks familiar. Jason, are you, do you have a red Know Your Gear shirt? That's uh, your icon. Just looks familiar for that picture. Um, Trev says, "What's up, Phil and Ralph, all the way from Chattanooga." That's that's, that's Tennessee, right? <laughs> okay. Somebody said, somebody said no Legos for Pixie. I get it because he went to go play Legos. Uh, okay. You know, Rob's got a great question. Rod M says, hey, whatever happened to Heritage Guitars, are you going to convert uh, from Gibson? Um, you know, I don't think so. Um, what happened with Heritage Guitars is uh, they they reached out and said, hey, would you like to review a guitar? And I said, absolutely not being familiar with Heritage Guitars. I, I wanted to get a chance to touch one. So they sent me that hollow body. It was great. Um, I didn't want another hollow body. That wasn't something I was looking for. But I got familiar with the neck and... Um, the problem with Heritage Guitars for me is still, uh, I hate to say it, it's not nothing against them. It's nothing I wouldn't say about Gibson too. I have had trouble in the past buying guitars like that without touching them first. Yes. So I can't, you know, I can't buy it online. Um, and so that's the problem I'm having with Heritage. So I'm sure I'll eventually find one. I want a Heritage. Um, and yes, if I got a Heritage, I'd probably ditch my Gibson. I don't I don't see the point of having both. It's kind of like a G&L and a, a Fender. I could maybe have both, but I would probably lean towards one or the other. So I don't like the idea of, of buying a guitar and not touching it regardless what it is. It's it's tough. It's, it's, it's hard. It's it's such a personal thing that... No, it's... it's, it's uh, 
it's something you hold and not being able to hold it and, and then just bind it online it shows up and you hope it's right. Did Pixie just say he found out his son's buying, uh, building a Saturn V? Was that what he... Wait, I'm sorry, Pixie, it jumped. I think I just saw that. Wait, I found out he's building a Saturn V. It'll be over a meter tall when done. At Legos. Yeah, Saturn I know. V. Yeah, Saturn V rocket. Yeah. So, yeah, I've watched Discovery Channel before. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure I didn't know how... Uh, how familiar are with it? The, uh, the, uh, I, I didn't know if you're a Lego fan. Okay, so, um, okay, I'm sorry guys, I'm just reading some questions and let's see. Uh, we'll do it with the dirty D1 dirty. I'm sure it's dirty, dirty. The dirty, dirty it says, Congratulations on 20 million views, Phil. Love watching the videos. Thank you. Just sold my Black Star combo for a 5153 50 watt head. Uh, watching from Florida. Yeah, I, I like that move. I like the Black Star amps. Um, the 5150 uh, head, the 50 watt head, yeah. is, I think personally, it's one of my favorite amps out there. If they would have put the two dirty channels combined, and left the clean channel separate, that amp would be right here behind me playing all the time. But that was my one frustration. Even though, to be honest with you, I kind of felt like I could still use it any which way. It's still a great amp, and for the price, you can't beat it. I mean, for 50-watt heads out there, it's a really quality amplifier. Um, and if I was going to need a great gigging amp, that would be one I'd look at. Um, in fact, when I was in Nashville, I almost bought the 50-watt 112 combo. There was a used one at a Sam Ash. And, and if it, to be honest with you, if I was in town and I found it, and at that price, I would have bought it and brought it home. But I was just thinking about how they got to ship it, and I couldn't take it on the plane. Um, uh, so, let's see. Slife 29. <laughs> Is there a piece of gear that you changed your mind on or grew to appreciate over time? Both. Well, just recently. I just bought a PRS... Uh, SE245 in Nashville and at the Guitar Center. That's what we were talking about today. We were talking to Guitar Center today and I returned it. Um, yeah, I changed my mind on it. It was something I really, really wanted in the moment. Uh, and then um, I got home and I obsessed about it. So I ordered it and I got it and it just wasn't, wasn't what I thought. Um, so I took it back today. And the opposite, um, I've had uh, pieces of gear. You know, to me, one of the one of the pieces of gear that I think always stands out in my head is the I got it, hated it, and then learned to love it was the the uh, Supersonic 22. That amp, for some reason, when I got it, I was in love with it, and then I immediately didn't like it, and uh, and then I immediately came back around on it again. It's just a weird uh, um, that, it, that it did that. So, yeah, I think that's something we all do, right? That's a normal thing, um, to, 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 to love something and hate it and love it again. Um, we were once at, a, at a, an Eddie Van Halen thing event, and Eddie Van Halen said, if you love your tone, kill yourself. Remember that? Yes. And um, and I love that saying only because, not because I think you should kill yourself if you love your sound. I just got the impression like, yeah, I get it. What he's basically speaking of is that you're always going to be struggling to have this sound. And like an artist, you're a tortured artist. If you're, if you're pleased with your art, you're probably not pushing yourself anymore. So... I think there's a little bit that I mean don't 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 think I I think you should be crazy but <coughs> I think it's a good idea uh, I'll do one it's uh I'm gonna say BC Lim B Slim B Klim 15 says hey Phil my first guitar uh, 10 years old was a used court double cut 
whatever happened to Court? Court's still around. Court and Samet guitars have both leaned towards acoustic guitars. So Court uh, guitars, just like Samet, are a large OEM. They build products for other guitar companies. Uh, Court mostly being recognized for building a lot of the Ibanez guitars. Um, in fact, a lot of Indonesian guitars, they were, Court was in Korea, and now they're in Indonesia. A lot of serial numbers that start with IC stand for Indonesian Court. So it doesn't matter what the brand is. If your serial number is in, and it says made in Indonesia and it says IC and then some numbers, that usually implies uh, Indonesian court. So court hasn't gone anywhere, but a lot of those manufacturers have moved towards just doing the acoustics. And the main reason is the mom and pop shops have shrank. And that's who are really providing those guitars, right? You were buying those guitars in those shops because those companies could sell, since they, they would sell to a manufacturer who would then sell to the retailer. So by but by sidestepping that, they could sell to the retailer for almost manufactured prices, right? Just slightly higher. But the retailer would then get a higher margin. And even with that higher margin, let's say an extra 10 or 15% margin, they were still undercutting a name brand one by about 15 or to 20%. Yeah, and so, you're getting an actual really good quality instrument just without paying for the name brand. Yes, absolutely. And that was another factor too, because one of the reasons that one of the ways they could circumvent the, the competition was they could take a and make a guitar for, let's say, Ibanez with a basswood body, maple neck and some no name pickups. And then they could build that same style guitar with their branding mahogany body with Seymour Duncan's and price it the same to the uh, to the dealer. In other words, I would pay the dealer would pay the same for the court with those features as they would pay from Ibanez without those features because uh, the middleman. So uh, they haven't gone anywhere. They're just not not uh, as well known. Yeah. However, I look all the time at Quartz Online. I look at Samix Online. Um, very good guitars. You'll you'll see a lot of people are really dedicated to the quality of those guitars have made. Mostly because if you've been doing this for a little while, buying guitars, collecting guitars, or messing with guitars, you'll realize even if you don't like those two brands, they have definitely, you've owned one or touched yeah. one because of how many manufacturers. The deal is though, keep this in mind. One of the, the things I just thought a side note to tell you, um, Samick and Court used to be the dominant force for guitar manufacturing overseas. But as overseas grew, a lot of manufacturers went there and just built their own factories or sourced a, a factory to just do their brand. So that's a big deal. I believe, and I could be wrong, but I think I'm 90% right on this, so I feel pretty comfortable saying this. You know, Ibanez purchased a factory in Indonesia. So the current factory that builds premium Ibanez in Indonesia, as far as I understand for Hoshino, is an actual owned by Hoshino factory, the first factory uh, they've ever owned. So they've been doing Ibanez out of that factory. So it's kind of a cool precedent for them. Um, Justin maybe says, bought a Jackson Minion and a Black Star Fly 3. I have both those things, okay? <laughs> uh, so I can play at work during my break. Uh, thanks for the tip on putting the 11s on it. Oh, no problem. Um, yeah, those Jackson Minions are sick. Uh, They're definitely uh, really cool. Yeah, and um, and uh, here's a little tidbit. I love like fun facts about that stuff. So Justin, here's something cool. Uh, so um, Ibanez really started with the micros, the micro mini guitars, and they were killing with those. Everybody remembers those pop. Those are great guitars for the for hundred and thirty dollars. Well, what you don't know is that uh, John Romanowski, who was uh, at Ibanez, who went to Jackson and now runs Jackson for Fender. 
Well, that's what he brought was those some of those Ibanez ideas. So he decided to not only make the the minions, in other words, like the micro versions of Ibanez for Jackson, he kind of won up the quality on Ibanez because yes. uh, Fender's purchasing power is so much stronger. So he was able to build a better product than what they were able to do with Ibanez. So those Jacksons, fit and finish wise, will, are killer. The micros are great, but if you go into a store and AB them, you'll see the Jacksons every time have a little bit better fit and finish on them. They're definitely um, worth the 20 bucks more. Absolutely. Um, Sean T says, hey Phil, hello from Australia. Hello, uh, ever seen the Ibanez Volby amp, five watt tube amp? No, thoughts. Um, I've seen, yeah, look it up. I've seen the, uh, like all the tube screamers type amps and stuff. Ibanez has dabbled into the amp world and my, my experience with them were always pretty good. The, definitely the tube screamer amp was a decent amp, but he's gonna look it up and then that'll refresh me. Cause after a while, yeah, let's see. Uh, Carlos says, hey, from Panama, Latin America. So, hey, how's it going? Chris is from Goodyear. I'm assuming Goodyear here in Arizona. <laughs> Goodyear's a little north of us. West. Is it west? Yes. Is it, but it's northwest, right? It's no, it's us. on the way to California, dude. Oh, it is on the way to California. I need to get out of the house more. Okay, so uh, let's see. Um... Oh, okay. So here's a good, it's a fast question. Mark uh, uh, is asking, uh, congratulations on 20 million views. Um, and he uh, wants to know any chance I'll be doing a small, small Katana amp review. Not anytime soon. Um, I haven't planned on it. So I'd have to, I'd have to take a look. Um, it's not, it's not in the budget. Wow. I've never seen this. This is what he's uh, talking about, guys. Whoops. <laughs> I know that's like a horrible screenshot, but at least you get the idea. Um, no, I've never seen this amp before. Full bead. It's got a little B with a tube. Looks cool. I'm now I'm curious. So I will, that's why I wanted the picture in the thing. I want to reference it later. So, so I will do that as well. Um, Pixie Lick says, how you liking the Rosewood uh, next Strat? Okay. So obviously Pixie knows I got the Strat because of Pixie. I was just, every time he pulled it out, I was like, I wanted, oh, it's right there. I wanted a Mark Knopfler colored Strat. And I had one a couple years ago and I got rid of it and I regret it ever since. Um, so I liked it. I, I, I was just showing it to Ralph earlier today. I, I love the way it plays. It is kind of thin sounding. That's, we can, we're yes. comparing to Strats all around the room, <laughs> all the Strats, and just, it is thin. So I'm going to probably pull the entire Pickard assembly out and throw in a double humbucker assembly or something like that. Um, it plays fantastic. It plays fantastic. It's just not pushing the amp at all. So Yeah, it's very, very mid-range and tinny, no bass whatsoever. Yes, but it's, it's great. Um, but, and I could compensate with the amp just by adjusting, but I'm, you know, I'm just going to mess with some pickups. Um, okay. Oh, here's a good question. Uh, Brian Clark, these are good questions. I always wondered when people would start asking me questions like this. Brian Clark says, how much can a place like Guitar Center reduce the price of a new guitar? Okay, so so let's talk about that because that's a big thing that people think they know and I, I really, no one knows for sure. Not even people who worked at Guitar Center uh, unless they're in upper, upper management. It usually means outside of a store. But generally speaking, 
Um, in our industry, we're fixed on what's called a 30, 30 point margin, 30% margin. So if it's streets for $1,000, dealers will generally be, uh, buy uh, it for $700. Now, keep in mind, that's a general guideline. So we're going to start there, 30% margin. Now, what's interesting about that is that's usually a brand name margin. So we were talking about earlier about court guitars and stuff. Those guys will give you a 50% margin, the thing that everybody thinks you have. Yeah. You, you buy it for 100 you sell it for $200. Um, but that's not usually the case, like I said. Now, Guitar Center generally can get a 10, 15, or 20% more margin than the smaller stores, right? That's a bulk buying discount. So for instance, uh, Guitar Center will do a double mark. In other words, if they if it sells for a thousand, they expect to pay for five, but that doesn't include the uh, Guitar Center has two terms that they use, right? They use uh, the hard cost and the soft cost. The hard cost is just, just uh, going to be just the physical price of the guitar. But you have to add in the shipping because they, because Guitar Center doesn't always, sometimes they do, but they ship some manufacturers straight to the stores, but a lot of them ship to a warehouse to the stores. So there's, there's going to be added costs. So a Guitar Center can discount in, in likeliness, uh, a 30 and 40% margin pretty safely on most items. But here's the trick about that to begin with. Then there's a secondary issue, which is called sell-through. So that's the thing I want to talk about because that is always what makes the most sense and why sometimes people get frustrated with a retailer like Guitar Center. Okay, so let's talk about 10 items because that's an easy amount to keep in our head. I want to keep everything easy, 10 items. So you sell 10 items for, uh, let's say you're going to sell them for $200 a piece and you buy them for $100 a piece. So we're talking about you paid 1,000 and you're going to sell them for 2,000, okay? What happens sometimes is you will sell five of them, okay? So if you sell five of those items, um, you, are, you have now regained your cost back. So you're zero, okay? You have, you, have, you have no money out. You're breaking even. You're breaking even. Now, there's a secondary problem that happens to big box uh, retailers, which is the square footage, the space in the stores has a cost to it because sitting there, not turning, right? Everything needs to turn. Think of it like a candy machine. When you go to your work and there's candy bars that aren't selling, they're going to put different candy bars in the machine. They want those They want those machines constantly to be reloaded every day. They want the Guitar Center every every quarter. They want all the stuff in the store gone, okay? They want to turn over they all that turn product. They want to turn over that product. So what happens is, let's say they, they buy 10 products, they sell five, and they broke even. So they haven't made any money, but they're not out any money and the products aren't moving very quickly. Well, at that point, they could give those five things away. Well, they're not gonna, but they could maybe sell them for half the price. Okay, drop that price in half or less, get crazy, 70% off and then sell each guitar for that was costing them, let's say it cost them uh, $100. $100. They could sell for 30 bucks each because even though they'll sell those five and they only make $150, again, we're just keeping the numbers easy. That $150 is all profit versus what could be added cost if it sits in the store. Um, so that's where sometimes when you get those really smoking deals, that's where they come from. They just want that. That's Plus, there's also another secondary thing. I don't want to get too crazy with this. Maybe that's a third thing, but manufacturers can also give incentives. Uh, so you've heard that if you watch these uh, live feeds, you've seen me talk about before, um, where Paul Smith used to give us stuff at the end of the year. So if they get an incentive to sell through, they may sell through at a loss or cost to make that bonus. 
Um, anybody who's done commission for a living knows that kind of idea. You'll sometimes cut your commission, cut your commission, because if you can hit, make it to the top salesperson of the month, you'll get a $5,000 bonus, which is bigger than your entire commission check would be. So just go for that. So there's all those reasons are are kind of are kind of crazy, but um, but I will tell you this. Those days are getting tougher because Amazon and those guys are really pushing down those margins and those margins are getting slimmer for Guitar Center. So when I go into Guitar Centers now, different than maybe you guys, what I see is where you guys see less inventory, I see focused inventory that flips and it has higher profit margins. So when I hear people complain, they go, Guitar Center only carries these things. When I go in there, I go, yeah, yeah, if I had a yeah. Guitar Center, unfortunately, that's what I would have carry that would flip and have higher profit. A Snark Tuner has a high profit and flips a lot. That's why next time you're in Guitar Center, notice how many different places they have those tuners in the store because those tuners are a three or four times multiplier. In other words, they pay you know six and sell them for 20. Right, so so or they can buy them down probably as wholesale, probably down four or five bucks a piece. So four bucks a piece, selling for twenty dollars a piece, and they and we're all buying tuners. That's the uh, reason why too. When you go in there, it's five hundred dollar guitars. Ninety five percent of the store is because that's what everybody's buying. It's buying five hundred dollar guitars. Yep. It's going to constantly move, and you and you and you go in there and you start looking for you know, a nicer guitar, yep. and it's not there. It's because it's not going to move. They have to sit on that product longer. Yeah, they're fo they're focused on a price point logic, which is no different than Target and Walmart now. It's not very exciting. I'm not saying it. I'm not justifying it. I'm just explaining it. The other thing about Snark tuners or tuner clip-on tuners is something to realize maybe if you're not in retail. What's great about a tuner is everybody's your customer. An acoustic guitar player, electric guitar player, a metal player, a jazz player. You know, right? Strings acoustic strings are different. So if I had to buy strings today, I have to buy acoustic strings, I have to buy jazz uh, uh, flatwound strings, I have to buy, you know, regular electric guitar strings. Um, if I buy guitar straps, you buy some that are that are designed to tie onto acoustics. I mean, there's products that are everybody buys, but but a tuner is a one skew, one yeah. one person or everybody buys it one skew thing and it's high profit, high yeah. high turn. Guitar, bass, banjo, ukulele, yep. everybody needs it. Yep, high turns and high profits. So yeah, they love that. Um, okay, next. Okay, okay, so Jose Cruz says, uh, to confirm, I wanted to know if, is it true that Paul Reed Smith, CE, okay, CE, or Cat uh, Echo, right, Charlie Echo, sorry, I should go back to the Army days, uh, has a tremolo system that is the same as the SE, okay? Um, or better said, the actual overseas version. Yes, that is absolutely true. The Paul Reed Smith Made in USA CE Charlie Echo uh, Bolt-On Neck Custom 24 is uh, made in the USA. It's made in Maryland. The neck is made in Maryland. The body's made in Maryland. The tuners are imported from an import, the overseas importer. The bridge is imported. It's the same exact bridge in the Korean-made guitars. I don't know if it's the same made one in the Indonesian model standards. I, I've never really asked. But those, I'm, I'm not guessing. Those are, I'm telling you for sure. And um, so those are some of the components they did to drop the price. They're not using uh, the main USA bridges. Uh, so yes, that is true. Um, now, on a side note, I want to say that, um, is as much as I really like and understand the quality, this is an American Custom 24 with the American Bridge. The These are the solid brass blocks. Uh, this is the aluminum base. It's really high quality all the way around. Interesting enough, I've messed with this and the CESE in, inexpensive bridge has more 
I, I, less chime to it. So it actually sounded a little warmer to me and I liked it. I like, I actually preferred it. Um, I, I haven't been able mentally to get myself to put one in the American, uh, you know, neck guitar, but I kind of want to. So, so I just want to point that out that it is different, but it's different. Um, okay. So next question. Whip Jr. says, GitCon, question mark. Yes, GitCon. Did you know about GitCon? So GitCon, he's going to look at me funny. GitCon, if you haven't seen the announcement on Henning Polly's uh, uh, 42 channel, uh, yes, GitCon is happening September 23rd or September 24th to 30th. It is 20 YouTubers. I was... Uh, is this I was, Germany? It is going to Germany, yeah. Why did you yes. just say Germany, dude? Going to Germany. So here's what's going on. So basically, 20 YouTubers <laughs> are being flown to Germany and put up for the week, and uh, we will be hanging out with uh, manufacturers that elected to be there, and they are going to let us videotape uh, reviews. So it's basically a giant review con, right? Uh, like Nam, but there's no public, and there's nobody there that... And they're, everybody's there to help make the videos. So it's... Pete Thorne, it's uh, uh, Music is Win, it's Pixielix, it's Robert Baker, it's uh, The Tone King, it's uh, uh, me, it's Henning Polly, it's uh, it's um, Mary's, what? It's So it's it's anyway, so there's 20 YouTubers um, and we're all going to make these videos and do live shows at the end of the day and do all this stuff. I have no idea what to expect. The only thing I do know is I have a secret, which is uh, he said in the announcement that there's no bass players, only guitar players. But interesting enough, I'm only going, well, one, because Henning asked and he's a really nice guy. And I so I said yes. But mostly I want to go to the Warwick factory because I'm a bass player. <laughs> so um, I'll, not only will there be a bass player there, uh, I'll probably uh, actually do mostly bass reviews at the Warwick factory uh, is where I'll lean a lot of my review stuff to the bass stuff because um, there won't be any bass players represented there. So if you're a bass player, I promise you I will um, represent you. And if uh, for the guitar players, I'll still do some fun stuff. Um, I have some crazy stuff planned uh, to do. So yeah, it's going to be interesting. Um, there's nothing you have to do. Uh, there's nowhere to go. Just you'll notice all of a sudden, if you watch a lot of gear review channels, a lot of review channels are going to have a lot of videos looking like they came from one place. That's the place. So that's the idea. It's an interesting idea. It's never been done before. Um, some backstory on it that I thought maybe is interesting to you guys is that this is an event that they've kind of done yearly without YouTubers with a uh, big party and, and a stage and rock stars and all the stuff. And they're thinking, hey, there's this community out there, which they're talking about us. <laughs> that's really what's going on. Uh, Hans, who owns Warwick, um, is willing to pay the bill to see if the YouTube community of, of geeks out there and, and gear people um, are interested in this. This is right something like a NAM show, but but without the you know I personally understand. I love watching the Tone King do NAM booth interviews, but they're horrendously loud and, and and there's nothing he can do. He's done all the right things. He's he had the best equipment. He got there early. And it's just not set up for YouTube videos. And to me, watching them, it'd be more pleasing if it was set up for you, the viewer. This isn't about YouTubers. This is about creating content for you guys that is just for you. So in other words, ignoring the, the people walking around, ignoring the event itself, creating the content to see if, you know, and um, I think with the live shows, what I think is going to be an interesting idea is you could watch, literally watch a channel 
where maybe Pete Thorne demos a piece of gear. You guys could then say, you know, I'm curious to see what Robert Baker thinks of it. And you could you could instant message him or, or, or address him on a live feed that day. And the next day you could see what Robert Baker says immediately after Pete Thorne. And not to see what two people that do YouTube videos think, but to see different perspectives and maybe get an additional video you know, so I, it'll be interesting. We're all going to do this for the first time together. All the viewers, all the, so there you go. Um, the, let's see, uh, vintage six string said, funny, you should say red KYG shirt. T-Chip didn't send me my red shirt. Yeah, it, everybody, most of the people I saw, it looks like about half the people got their shirts this week. So um, if you're a little further out, you're probably not going to get it for a couple more days. I see that last shipment. If it's been longer than that, just contact them. Um, everybody keeps telling me the same thing. They messed up. The problem with T-Chip, <laughs> I keep saying this, is they don't, they're, they make T-shirts, not guitars. So when we made the same logo with different guitars, mm -hmm. they don't notice the guitars different. I never thought of that in a million years. It's like asking your mother right, <laughs> to, to grab my guitar, my Strat, mom. And she's like, what's a, one's a Strat? They're all guitars. They So what's happening is when they're taking orders, they are looking at a logo. And to them, a Les Paul logo, Strat logo, the PRS logo, all look the same. They're all guitars. Um, I'm smiling because it's, it's kind of funny. It's something we've all kind of experienced, right? When somebody who's not into this like we are, doesn't see it. So everybody I've talked to uh, is is either been, being handled or they've been handled. And everybody's pretty much told me the same story. If they messed up my shirt, they gave me a second one for free. So it's pretty cool. I, I have nothing to teach. It's a little slow, but I like to point this out. So far, every time I've had issue with them, they've been they've fixed it. So um, and. Um, and not that it maybe matters to you guys, and it, it, but something that I think is also interesting is not only do they seem to always reship or take care of the customer, um, they haven't been penalizing me on my, because I get a percentage of the yeah. shirt. They haven't drafted back or done anything to me. Um, so, I, so, so far, that's pretty cool. I just wish they were a little faster, but, I, but I've done some stuff to help them before I jump ship. Okay. So um, let's see what else we got. There's five of us, 502 of us, 501 of us. One of us just left. <laughs> uh, it's probably the guy with the thumbs down. <laughs> He's like, I'm out. So it happens. <laughs> the, um, yeah, see, somebody put, Scott put, my shirt had a Strat and ordered a Les Paul, LL. Yeah, contact him. You know, um, they, they, they fix it. They'll send you another shirt. They'll send you the right one. If they send you the wrong color, they'll send you the right one. Um, I'm definitely getting the sense they're a new company with growing pains. So I'm trying to see if they're improving. If they don't improve, we're going to have to go to another supplier. That's just how it goes. But, um, okay, what else do we got? Anything exciting? You see anything? Yeah, it's kind of moving right now. I know. Um... There is... So many comments. <laughs> oh, Adam's here. Adam from Carter Vintage Guitars. Hey, Adam, how's it going? I need to hit your side again. I was on it the other night looking at stuff. <laughs> Still in the mood. Uh, Terry Bear says, hey, Phil, so how about that new Gibson Custom Shop Les Paul with the built-in overdrive for $5,600? Um, desperation move, sign of how bad things are going. You know, what's funny is we just, we're at Guitar Center and um, 
So I'll tell you what happened because it was Look, kind of looking funny. for SGs again. Yeah, he wanted a Gibson SG. That, there's a guitar center by my house. That's why we went there. Um, the, so we went there and we looked, and there was no SGs. But they hit us as soon as we walked in. They said, "Hey, so you know, all the Gibsons on all the guitar centers, not on sale. They are all discounted. They're all uh, marked down. They're all marked down. So all the Gibsons went from like 22 to 18. So all the Gibsons had dropped in price. Um, and I asked them, is that because the new models come out? They didn't think, they didn't know. Yeah. And they, they said they didn't see, but. Um, no, but to answer Terry Ware's question about the $5,600 Les Paul, I have a question for you guys. Because I have recently just been in a lot of music stores lately. Uh, in California, Tennessee, here. What I notice when I go to all these stores that have Gibsons, and I, and I'm, I must be missing something. There's always like six or seven $2,000 Gibson Les Pauls. And they're, I can't touch them. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're like this far past, this, this far past where my hand can reach them. And um, and then there's the Epiphones, so I play the Epiphones, and I, I go, well, I don't know why, I just don't buy these. And then um, I look at the Gibsons, and then there's always like three or four of these five and seven and $8,000 Les Pauls. And I'm like, who's are buying these Les Pauls? Now, I understand people have money and people buy guitars. That's not what I mean. What I mean is, I mean, I picked, yeah, everyone's going to get crazy. And I'm like, yeah, let me try that. <laughs> and I play this like $6,000 Les Paul, like Terry Bear saying, and I'm like, yeah, this is this is cool, I, but I can't tell the difference. And I and so here's my question: I'm not saying I should know better, and I'm but I'm saying with all my experience repairing guitars, owning guitars, and I can't tell a huge difference right away touching what makes a guitar double its price. I, so I'm curious. I'm always curious too. Am I missing something? And please don't tell me that it's you know uh, it's because it's a reissue. That's not what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is. Yeah, I don't. I so the answer to the question. I don't know what these five thousand or less Pauls are. Sometimes I pick them up, and I just don't understand where the market is for them. Um, and I, I wouldn't understand why you would do a built-in overdrive. Yeah. See. Okay. Just I know it's going to be killing this, but Mr. Uh, Kareem thirty-three said T Chip said my first order got stuck in customs to Australia, so they sent a second one, and the first one arrived two weeks later. Right, and so that's what I'm saying. You got both shirts. They gave you yeah. two for one. Yeah, I don't know how they're making any money on us right now because they, they I, I think they sent two shirts to 20, 30% of the shirts have been sold, so we'll see. Um, but like I said, if they don't take care of you, let me know because I'll email them. But so far, I haven't had to. Every time I email them, they always respond with, we took care of the customer, and then when I get back to you guys, you goes, yeah, they got it. Where to go? There was a question here. It was from Wagyu. 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 All right. I think I can remember enough of the question. His question was, his daughter was looking at a Kramer, 86 Kramer. Okay. I forgot what model. Flood right. Rose. Right. Should he get it for her because she's going from acoustic to electric, or is the Flood Rose going to be too much of a problem? I generally <laughs> recommend not having a... Floyd Rose as your first electric guitar. Um, Here we go. Wagyu. Yeah. My daughter is is eyeing my 1986 Kramer Pacer. Should I give it to her or give her something with a fixed bridge? As a Floyd Rose would be a pain for someone used as used to an acoustic. Okay, that's a different question because you already have the guitar. So, um, if it's against the body, if the Floyd's against the body, not floating, I say go for it. If it is floating, I would block it. That's what I would recommend. Um, there was a video. Didn't do a video. Yeah, about I did. That? Did a video about blocking uh, the the trim. Watch that video. the The reason I say that is, uh, you don't want to frustrate um, somebody when they're they're switching instruments. 
Um, it's a you know they're t- she's going to take her acoustic knowledge to the electric guitar, which should really be in her favor. Right, going yes. from acoustic to electric is easier. Usually, smaller strings, lower action, a little easier to play. Um, let's not add to the problem because she can't tune and uh, do uh, odd tunings and stuff. So, um, yeah, I say give it to her. Um, and um, and then here's why I, I say I say that. If, I'm just going to tell you. I always tell everybody what I would do. I can't tell you what to do. Um, I would give her that guitar, let her play it. Then once you know she likes electric guitar, this is something she's bought into that she's like, okay, yeah, dad, I'm an acoustic, our electric guitar player as much or more so than an acoustic player now. Then you take her to pick out her electric guitar and she can have that personal experience of touching it and playing it and saying, okay, this is, this is what I want. And that's what I would do. Um, and because you have that opportunity anytime you can do that you know what's the saying you get what you get and you don't throw a fit so she gets the she gets the hand-me-down guitar until she proved that she's she's into it and then um uh there you go let's see um can you put bridge covers on mexican standards standards i'm not sure what the that means you mean the single coil covers the answer the answer is yes to all the questions you can put metal covers on humbuckers and you can put plastic covers on single coils i hope that's um i hope that's close what i'm reading jose's okay it says should i buy a fender made in mexico uh by people in mexico or made by people made in mexico in the usa i know everybody always says that um yeah i i I get the humor i the I don't know. I still find that joke funny. You know, Ralph's been to the American factory. I've been yeah. to both, um, and the, the made Mexico and the American factory. And yeah, and, and people go, should I buy the Mexican or should I buy the American? Uh, easiest way to answer this: Do you need the twenty-second fret? Yes, yeah, buy that, the American. No, buy the yeah, Mexican. That helps. They're a both lot. cut in the U.S. Um, most people switch out the pickups anyways. So, um, and as far as the bridges go, most artist models have the six-point bridge anyways. So there's no. Um, people think that oh, because the uh, on the the Mexican strat that the bridge is less. In reality, it's what most of the artists have. Yeah, I I have both, and you know I've I got I got a video that explains it, so I just stick with that. Um, okay. All right. Let's see. Um, where are we at? We're about halfway through. So let's see if we can find some. Framus Guitars, Arnie Music. Hey, Ryan, what's up? Uh, Framus Guitars, thoughts? I don't know. I'm going to be at their factory. Anything you want me to check out when I'm there? Uh, I'll be checking out that stuff. Um, I will spend a lot more time probably at the factory. Uh, Hinnings, that's the first thing he said to me. He goes, you'll probably want to you know, spend more time at the factory. I do. I, I want to. I love factories. So, yeah, I would like to, to spend some time doing that stuff. Um, so I will let you know what I think of Framus. All I know about them is they're expensive. So, and I picked them up at the NAMM show and they were, they were nice and they were expensive, but I would like to learn but more about them. you can't really them. hear them at the NAMM show. Yeah. You know, the, the NAMM show, I've said this before, Ralph said this before, it, the NAMM shows. It's cool to actually see everything, but, but with like the Framus. I want to play it and hear it, and I can't because it's so loud there. You know, the NAM show to me is like going to a boat show. You can just stare at the boats, but you can't... <laughs> you can't drive them. You can't drive them. <laughs> People, like, pick up... I see it in all the videos. I think that's what messes everybody up in the head. If you go and you watch all the videos of the NAM show, you constantly see people playing the guitar. 
Um, at this NAMM show, at the summer NAMM show, which is much quieter, um, a, a nice guy at a booth's like, here, play the guitar. And I literally handed it to Thor. And I said, <laughs> here, play the guitar. And then Thor played it. And then Thor put it down. And he, he walks up to me and he's like, I, I couldn't hear the guitar. And I said, yeah, I know. That's why I had you play it. I can't hear it either. I just nodded at the guy. We were both just nodding because... You can't hear. So, um, yeah, so it's going to – I love any time I can be – have some intimate time um, and 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 play stuff and check it out. Okay, um, so Tolan Floyd says, hey, Phil, just picked up a Wamper Tweed 57. I love it. What are your thoughts, uh, say, versus overdrive pedals? Um, you know, that's one of the few pedals I haven't tried. So – um, there, it's probably one of the ones I will be trying. When I was in Nashville, what I noticed was a lot of a lot of players were playing the Brad Paisley Wampler pedal, um, and a friend of mine who I trust, which is Thor, said mm-hmm. it's kind of like the Stevie Ray Vaughan tone. So I want to check that out. The Tweed was the second one I'm curious about. Um, so I went through, you go through phases. I don't know why I'm doing this hand gesture. <laughs> Going through phases. I, I like when we're talking because I think we all go through the same things. Uh, us as musicians. Um, I went through a phase where I was collecting pedals like crazy, and then I went through an amp phase where I was playing just the amps and not playing pedals. The last few months, like been with six months this whole year, I haven't really been playing very many pedals. I've been playing the amps, and now I'm back to loving pedals again through amps. So you're probably going to see me ramp up some pedals again, um, just because. So, um, yeah. <laughs> okay. So this is BC. So so I love this for two reasons. One, uh, so B Clem fifteen says, "Don't let Glenn Fricker see that." Line six pods uh, sitting behind you the whole time. Yeah. Um, so I'm not going to lie. I thought this was left over from the store. Yeah. Like Phil found it in a box in his garage. <laughs> so I will show you. So first of all, Glenn Fricker uh, will be at the at the GitCon. Um, yeah, he came in and he saw it and he thought it was just some leftover gear. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, I just got this. I just bought this. One of the best videos I've seen in a long time was the Andertons guys did the this versus the Kemper versus the Atomic. I don't know if you guys watched that video. I loved it. Um, uh, not only because at the end to watch Captain League on the hot seat, Chapman was just relentless and just trying to get him to say which one he liked and he would not say <laughs> it. Um, and I understand that, you know, so, but, um, I was I was loving it and I go did I did I do I miss this thing? So I bought it for a hundred bucks, and uh, oh you turn off the amp. Yeah. Oh I was gonna play it. Um, and uh, um, anyways, uh, so I got it for a hundred bucks with the cool handle that you know the stand that mounted on a handle. Um, it's not as good as I remembered it, <laughs> but it was pretty good. It's pretty good. A hundred bucks, I would take that to a gig for a hundred bucks. Uh, I, Which, I, I, yeah, I, I think when you when you when you start doing the equation, I play this at a gig. I think it changes a lot of things. Yeah, of course, practical stuff, right? It's just very practical. So yes, and I know Glenn really hates the Line Six stuff, and you guys all know how I feel about Line Six. I think they get a bum rap. They're all good stuff. They've never claimed to be the best. You know, they always claim to be, and they're priced the way they claim to be. They price yeah, themselves. Didn't Static X do an entire tour with that thing? Yeah, Static X. Uh, the guy, the uh, Wayne Static, yeah. uh, toured with uh, Line 6 Yeah, they pods. just like showed up with that yeah. and plugged it into the PA. That, before there was f- fractals, Yeah, right? Before that stuff. Um, so, um, let's see. Um, hey, Phil, your thoughts on the new Ernie Ball expression pedals, delay, and overdrive. Thanks. I haven't tried one. I've just seen what everybody else sees. I've seen the ads and stuff for them. Um, so I, I have no experience with them. Um, and they're kind of an odd pedal, so I don't know if I'll I'll be getting one. 
Um, but you never know. Sometimes I just find stuff. And I, uh, Speaking of Guitar Center today, I bought a guitar today. I bought a guitar <laughs> at the Guitar Center. Actually, I love funny stories, uh, so I'm going to share a funny story with you. So <laughs> so I I wanted, I wanted, okay, so here's, here's the deal. So when I was in Nashville with Thor, Thor really wanted a white um, LTD uh, um, ES1000 with EMGs. And I was like, why? And he's like, I just want it. So we were hitting all the guitar stores. I was looking at Powerade Smiths and Gibsons because I'm stupid. And um, and he's looking at the, the these LTDs. And the whole time I'm like, you should get a Schecter. You get a Schecter for like 500 bucks. And he's like, no, no. And those e, uh, e, LTD e, ES1000s are, are used, are fetching 700 bucks strong, 700 bucks. So he found one that was black. It was flat black with a quilted top. And, but he wanted white. So he didn't get it. Cause it was like 800 bucks and he talked himself out of it. So when I got back, I started thinking going, you know what I need? I need a guitar with EMGs. I do. I need a guitar with EMGs. Um, so I went online on reverb and there was a nice guy. I forget his name. I feel bad if he's watching. And, um, I emailed him and said, how much does a guitar weigh? And he says eight pounds on the nose. And I go, great. And he says, Hey, I love your channel. And he sends me a price and it was 400 bucks plus $30 shipping. So $430 for a white Schecter Hellraiser right okay so i said done i buy it he ships it i get the guitar i restring it uh clean it up a little bit had a pickup frame this little crack so i fixed that you know a couple things and uh playing i go this is great i should just play the schecter all the time i don't know why i got rid of my <laughs> schecters i hang on on the wall i do a video in the background of that video it was last week it's there thor sends me a message going hey that's a beautiful hellraiser and i respond with yeah 430 bucks and he goes, I'll take it. Ship it to me tomorrow. <laughs> and I'm like, so I'm looking there and my wife's staring at me. And she's like, what? And I'm like, um, I don't think Thor understands. I just bought it for 400 bucks. <laughs> I think he's telling me, I th he thinks I'm saying it's $430. So then I started thinking, I'm going, well, you know, he was looking at guitars this whole time for 700 bucks. And I go, and that was a really good deal. So I shipped it to him. <laughs> I shipped it to him yesterday for $430. And I, and I set it up and put new strings on him for him and did the whole thing and put some strap locks on it. And, uh, because, you know, put it in a case, shipped it off. So that's why the story is funny is this. So today when I was returning my PRS and he's looking at Gibson's, there's a Schecter Hellraiser <laughs> in purple sitting on the wall with a case and everything. And it was perfect. And um, so I bought it except for it's in pawn clearance. So I can't have it for a week. So, uh, and for some reason, because I'm just going to say this because it was funny. This is what we were laughing about when the video started. Nobody at Guitar Center understood their own policy. Their policy said on the tag, you can't have this guitar until a certain date. The 13th, the August 13th. August 13th. So I walked up and said, hey, I want to buy this guitar and I'll pick it up on the 13th. And they said, oh, you want to put it on layaway? And I go, no, no I just, I want to buy the guitar. And um, <laughs> he's laughing because it was really, it was three guys. It was very difficult. So we go to the next guy. And we're like, I want to buy this guitar and then I'll pick it up when it's ready on the 13th. And he's like, okay, so on layaway. And I go, no, no, you say, it says on the tag, you can't pick it up the 13th. And he goes, oh, then you have to put it on layaway. Yeah, then you'd pass it off. And they're like, no, 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 it's, so no, he wants, this guy wants to put this guitar on layaway. And yes. So he was like, and so they're like, oh, you have to put it on layaway. And I go, oh, okay. Well, can I pay the whole amount? Because I really just want to show up, grab it and go. I don't want to do paperwork <laughs> when I get here in a week. Um, then it was, uh, you want to pay the full amount for a layaway? Yeah. And then they're like, <laughs> you want to pay a full, full amount, even though it's on layaway? This, this went on for a little while. So anyways, I got the guitar. I'll get it in a week. All right. Because it's on layaway, apparently. Uh, 
the uh, next uh, next uh, next one. What do we got? Um, let's scroll down. We've been I've been chatting. Everybody's ear off. Okay. Um, Okay, so somebody's saying, okay, so Wagyu says that you can't have this guitar until X confused me so much the first time I went to Guitar Center coming from Europe. Yeah, so if you don't know what it is, I'll tell you, I didn't have to ask them. I know what it is. It's called pawn clearance. By law, different states have different laws, different cities have different laws, So, but most are going to be alike. In Arizona, we have what's called pawn clearance. When you take a piece of used gear, first you have to have a pawns license, right? So Ralph's been fingerprinted, I've been fingerprinted. You can't have a felony if you want to work in retail trading things. So um, so anyway, so what happens is first you have to get, you have a, even if you're not a pawn shop, you have to have what's called a pawn clearance in Arizona. So you you pay, it's like two bucks. So if I take a guitar from you right now, like Guitar Center, you fill out a paperwork, you, you pay the $2 and you send it into the city and it has a serial number and it gives them uh, 14 business days or 14 days to to check to make sure that this uh, uh, serial number is uh, it's not, it's it's not stolen. stolen. Which is why a couple weeks ago when I told you all to please, please, please write down your serial numbers and keep them somewhere in your homes in case your stuff gets stolen. That's what I was talking about. Is A lot of times you'll go, hey, like think about how horrible this is. This is a very rare guitar. And if you said, hey, this Ibanez gym got stolen and a Guitar Center took on trade, even if Guitar Center did the right thing and put the serial number, without your serial number, it's a little tricky for the police department. So please make sure you have your information. Yeah. There you and, go. And, the, and the police department also scan like uh, eBay and Craigslist and they do the same thing that when they see the car that with the matching description is they want to see the serial number. Yes. So And they do that a lot too. We've heard stories where guys have come in and uh, they're like, oh yeah, no, I, I got stolen. Chandler police found my guitar in LA two weeks later. Yes. Uh, Justin maybe says, thanks for the recommendation on the acid reflux. I'm glad I got your email, Justin. I just didn't get a chance to, uh, to respond. Um, I saw it you know, and I really appreciate you reaching out to me and stuff. Um, I read it, I think it was yesterday, but I wasn't in town yesterday. I did family stuff. We have, uh, something very amazing in Arizona. We have a thing called the Kirshner's Caverns. It's one of the few and only living caves in the U S. So I took the kids there. We had a blast. So, um, yeah, and 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 um, great Vanzini says, or GC won't put it out until cleared. That's probably true other places, but in Arizona, they stick that stuff out the first day. You know, a funny thing, uh, you were there for this. When we were at the Sam Ash, when we did the, I buy a guitar for $500 and I got mm -hmm. that Les Paul, that's how come we got that deal. That deal was, it was sitting in a rack and it had cleared the day before <laughs> and no one had put it on the floor yet. And Joe saw it out of the corner of his eye sitting sideways in a rack. So when everybody always says, man, I can't believe you got that Les Paul for 400 bucks. That's how we got it was they had took it on trade, but it was sitting that whole time out of sight for pawn clearance. So um, sometimes maybe that's a good idea. Maybe we need to go to guitar stores and be like, what do you guys got on pawn clearance back there? What's waiting to be cleared? What's waiting to be cleared? Um, that Hellraiser was really good today. Um, when I got it, the store manager was, when, as soon as he saw it, he had to come approve something for us and he came yeah. and saw it and he's like, oh, I was getting that. I'm like, not now. <laughs> so, Lawrence said the acid reflux uh, rules. DKG Custom um, didn't say anything. Just gave me two bucks or two euros. Well, thank you, DKG Custom. I like your channel, by the way. So I should point that out too. So if you guys haven't checked out his channel, please check out his channel. Um, 
Oh, uh, rehashing, but Israel Perez said, why did you take down the GC video? I didn't. That video was, I had to take something off the end and it relaunched it. That was just an accident. There was, there was a bunch of my videos had, remember towards the end of the 100,000 subscribers? I had all this like, win a t-shirt, we're giving to charity, all those things. I had to chop them off. And when I chopped that off, for some reason, it relaunched it. I'm, I'm sorry about that, guys. Uh... The guitar kid says, hey, Phil, can I have your diamond guitar or the other diamond guitar? Oh, yeah, you know what? I don't actually have the other diamond guitar anymore. I just have this one. So, um, all right. PB Brown, hey, Phil, is it worth refretting a 28-year-old American Strat? If so, what's a fair price? Is so, it worth refretting? I'm going to say yes. If you uh, like it, uh, it's uh, worth refretting. Refretting a Strat should cost about $125. Um, some people get crazy and try to charge two hundred dollars for a refret, but you know I shouldn't say crazy, but the prices vary. How about that? Um, so yeah, I mean you could buy a new American Strat neck for five five fifty from Fender serial numbered, but refretting is is very a very normal thing to do on a Strat, and it's one of the easiest things to refret. So I, I say take it to a competent person and have them refret it. Um, the only thing about refrets is Mike's. I always hate it. There's so many Yahoos out there doing refrets. If you don't have a local person, just remember there's places you can ship them to in the U.S. that do great work. So, um, and uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. What do you think about Brad Paisley Telecaster? Um, you know, I thought it was interesting when he said he wanted to do an affordable guitar and it was $1,200. And I was like, oh. I don't think you understand what minimum wage in the country is if $1,200 is affordable. But I get what he was saying. I mean, those crook tallies were like four grand. So it definitely puts it in perspective. Um, cool. I mean, Brad Paisley is amazing. I mean, he's a, he's got the chops. You know, what's great about players like him is if you're not in a country, I understand, but you can't deny he's got chops. Yeah. That's what's great about certain players. You know, um, some players are respected outside their genre, and he's definitely a player who's respected outside of genre. I know people who don't like country, don't like his music, but understand that he's a good player. Um, so it's cool. I, it's cool that he's with Fender. I, I always like that, uh, you know, I always think that stuff's weird. He's notoriously known for playing a Telecaster, but not a Fender. You know, he was at, um, he was at, I think he was at Bill Schultz Wake, which is the president of Fender. I can't remember if that's where I saw him or if he was at George Fulton when they inducted him into the Hall of Fame. That might have been it. I think he was at the George Fulton induction to the Fender Hall of Fame. But so he's had a great reputation, or a great not reputation. He's had a great rapport with Fender all those year, all these years. So it makes sense that he's with them now because they didn't have any bad blood or issues, uh, even though he was playing a guitar that looks like their guitar that wasn't their guitar. So, all right. Um, Oh, here's a good question. Uh, Dude HGD says, Phil, is there a difference between brass and steel Telecasters and steel Telecaster saddles? My personal opinion, absolutely. Um, I'm not a big fan of the steel Telecaster saddles. They're they're a little chimey for me, um, and you know there could be a placebo to that. There's always that. You know, I love it when people argue that stuff, but the the truth is, there is that. And then, but that that doesn't help me. If it's in my head and I hear it, um, it, 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 so my my experience is yes, I like the brass saddles better. That's my preference. I would pick them over, over steel. 
Uh, Donnie Hansen said, which guitar center are you at today? We're at the Mesa one. The smaller store. Mike Page has a crazy question. I'm trying to understand it as I tilt my head. It says, is paying $1,000 for a pedal the same as spending $4,000 on a guitar? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say, well, I understand where you're going with this. Great question. And that's why I wanted to answer it. Um, in other words, I, I think what you're saying is $4,000 is kind of on the high end crazy of, of a guitar sale is $1,000. I don't think that's in, to me, that's not the same scale. To me, a pedal could be crazy at $600 where it's comparatively to a $4,000 guitar. Yes. Um, to me, pedals get dicey for me. Uh, I had a friend, Chris. I still have a friend, Chris. <laughs> I should say that. Poor Chris. Anyways, uh, and he said this thing that's probably stuck with me forever. Um, I bought this pedal for 300 bucks. And I was telling him some of the issues. I go, ah, oh, it's you know, it's good. I love it, but I have this problem, and I, I hate it, but I love it. And he said, you'll never be happy with a three hundred dollar pedal. He said, there's no way. He goes because you paid so much for it. If it's not perfect, you're not going to love it. Now that's a perception, but I get his point. I feel the same way. To answer your question, I think that's where the heart of it is. There's a price point that you pay, and then you're just like, man, this better be the most perfect thing ever. Um, and yeah, so how about you? Where's your crate? You're not, you don't collect pedals. No, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and that's my problem is I go, yeah, I'm fine with boss pedals. Yes. I don't, I don't need to. Yeah. yeah. I love boss pedals. Yeah. So, and, and that's my baseline is if I had to go buy another pedal, is the price difference between that and the boss worth it? Did that just make any sense? No, I understand yeah. exactly what you're saying. I So, you know, um, and everybody's different. I use, if you look behind Ralph, I have all these boss pedals. And I will use this blues driver as my beta test for pedals. I will buy pedals all the time and I'll get home and I'll be like, uh, all right, <laughs> how much better is it than this $50 used blues uh, yeah. driver pedal and it better blow it away and i bought pedals it's a true story i bought pedals a beat them go uh, it's slightly better than this boss and i took it right back yeah because i'm like i'm not paying slight i'm not paying 200 for slightly better than a 50 dollar pedal and, um, and i've seen that way too much time where someone spends a ton of money on something and then like it's oh, they go, it's a little bit better than this yeah then uh wagyu says boss pedals eh that cheap old boss spec spectrum and sh show slow gear not sure I understand the concept or the question, but uh, but yeah, but 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 the argument is you no know, boss pedals ninety dollars new. If you're buying another pedal that's one hundred and fifty, it better be that yes. much better than a boss pedal. And and Summer says three hundred dollars is not a lot for a pedal, at least for to me. And that's and yeah. that's what we always get at with this, right? Everybody's got a different. I I and this might help. Uh, I've always thought that means, in other words, somebody's means, their ability to purchase is what dictates what value things have. So if I have a lot of money, I buy expensive stuff. If I have a little bit of money, I buy less expensive stuff. What I've learned from retail was that people buy their comfort zone. It doesn't matter how much they buy. Yeah. People could be millionaires and just not value something more than a few hundred dollars. So really what I find is this, everybody's got a different comfort level. I mean, I will never say don't buy a thousand dollar pedal when I have... <laughs> I don't know, right? There, I mean, just on this, I don't even know how many on the shelf. Just on the shelf, there's, you know, 60 pedals. And so, I mean, 60 pedals times $100 a piece. Yeah. You, you get the idea. I, I mean, so if you told me, you know, you bought a $1,000 pedal, it's not, it's not ridiculous. Just my preference is collecting pedals is more interesting than owning pedals to me. 
It's That's about your thing. Yeah, I want to chase it. I want to find it. Um, and experience it and then find the one I like. So that's what it is for me. Um, functionally, it's different. You know, I already know what I like. Like I said, I would gig with this blues driver pedal. I would gig with a blues driver pedal into a Hot Rod Deluxe or a Blues Junior anywhere for me and be comfortable and play everything I like to play. Yes. Um, and I have no problem with that. Now, would I say that's the best sound and, and anything above that is silly? Absolutely not. There is way better stuff in my to my ears. But this is bare minimum. I, I'm okay with this and I'm happy with it. Um, so there's different different strokes for different folks. But yeah. Um, and I do have a couple pedals just over 300 bucks. But that's usually where I start getting a little like, ah, maybe I don't need it. Um, kind of moment. Um, Tiger Bait. Dot com says, Philip, will you do a video with Pete Thorne? The question is, will Pete Thorne do a video with me? I don't know. You're right. I would definitely do a video with him. Uh, I'll, I'll like hold his guitar cable. <laughs> Be like, here, Pete, anything else you need? Um, no, I would love to do a video with him. Uh, and um, I, no, I think that's I think that's one of the things you can do. Um, you know, I'm still just a nerd that likes guitar. So when I go to this thing, I don't know how I'm going to not get giddy <laughs> over the, hey you know what make fun all you want but you know the truth is i like a lot of these channels a lot that are going to be there so i i don't know if i'm going to be you know able to be hey yeah we're we're hanging out and we're going to do videos together or if i'm just going to be like wow i really like your channel and is there anything i can do to get you coffee or <laughs> uh okay so we'll call five minute on it right now and we'll do Three quick questions. Let's see. Uh, let's see. Um, do I have a tube screamer on the wall, David? Yes. I have a OD8808, and I have a Joyo tube screamer. That's the vintage one right there. I don't have the Ibanez one. My Ibanez one broke. In fact, I was very upset about it. It fell off the back of my amp. It was sitting here when I was doing a video, and it fell on my carpeted floor three feet off my amp and broke. Um, and so I don't have it anymore, and I haven't bought another one because it broke pretty easy. <laughs> and and through a design flaw I'd never seen before, which is that it, the uh, power uh, uh, plug is mounted straight to the board, and it crushed into the board and okay. broke the board off the screws. And so it just kind of sucked. Okay, so, but, I mean, it... You, you could drop it a thousand times. They're indestructible. Just I happen to hit it just right. Um, okay, last last one. What do you guys want? Um, um, GTM uh, says, Hey, Phil, is there a copyright infringement with the HP2 guitars? He's talking about the new Wolfgang-looking guitars from Fender in comparison to the EVH Wolfgangs. Okay, so I'm gonna go off what I heard. I heard that the copyright uh, fell off, it ended, right? Um, and that's why they were doing this. So, I don't know. Generally, what I can just tell you is this. This industry is a caddy industry and they fight all the time about stuff, but usually when it comes to guitars, they like to fight about headstocks. So, I don't know. Um, I don't know if it'd be worth fighting. So I, I wanna say they're not gonna fight. But I also heard that there's nothing to fight about because they copyright expired, so I don't I don't want to say that for sure because they don't understand. Uh, but there you go. All right, uh, I appreciate you guys popping on today. It was kind of fun. I, I well, it was definitely fun for us. Yeah. I hope it was fun for you. Um, and um, and 
I'm sorry. I'm still reading questions. You guys got. You know what it is? It's just it's co- kind of cool to read what you guys all all are saying. Um, yeah, it says 600 people here. Yeah, I saw 589 is where we peaked out, but still 600 is crazy. Um, and um, oh, Tone King said something. Copyright is done by back of headstock, and PV has a bevel on it in the front, not fully carved out like EVH. So yeah, there's that's the way I understand it too. Uh, uh, TTK is that it's a headstock. The, the 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 biggest kind of court case recently to pay attention to is the PRS one and how PRS one and it was nuts. Okay, last question is Joseph. Whoops, let's click it. Oh no, Joseph just donated ten dollars to the channel. Thank you, Joseph. That was really cool. Um, I appreciate that. Thoughts about definition of boutique? You know what? You want to keep going for a few minutes? Yeah, might as well. Let's do this one. Let's do the yeah. boutique question. Yeah, because these, these, uh, these are always fun. I always questions. worry about the rebroadcast being too long, but I really do enjoy this. So, um, what happened to my floral gem? That's right. Yeah. Oh, I can't see because we switched screens. Hold on a second. It's right here. Yeah. Uh, I love my floral gem. Okay. Um, Okay. Uh, Ralph's left ear, Les Paul. Yes. That is Les Paul. Yes. That's a Les Paul standard. I'm going to sell it. It's 10 and a half pounds. <laughs> I just can't take it anymore. Uh, it's it's just so silly heavy. Um, so, let's see. Okay, here's one. Okay, Tone Electronics. Phil and Ralph, thoughts about... Definition of boutique. Do you consider Strymon Boutique Empress? Uh, what about Devi ever? In my humble opinion, there is much confusion about what is and isn't boutique. You know, th- th- that's a good point. Um, my thing with boutique, when we think boutique, we think a guy or a person uh, playing or building something in their garage or small by hand. You know, like... I look at boutique to me. It's different. My, some people have my different visions or um, versions. Some people might have different. Um, what I'm trying to say, not variations. Anyways, let's get uh, get a little sidetracked. My whole point is to me, home cooking is what I want to say. Mm-hmm. I've lost a little bit of train of thought. I'm sorry. Home cooking to me, home cooked means from scratch at someone's home with love. You know, kind of done with yeah. this idea that they're cooking for a family and making this great. Boutique is the same idea. Somebody building something by hand, by an artisan doing something, not mass produced. Um, so, and and sadly enough, our industry figured out that you can make boutique by just making it expensive. And that's that's how I think when someone goes, "Oh, this is boutique," and I'm like, it "Means you're overcharging me for something." Yeah, it's so it's, uh, yeah. So the the que- the answer to the question is, yeah, the definition of boutique is is silly. It's gotten out of control because not a lot of it's boutique. To me, boutique is small amounts. Um, yeah, and, and now you hear that a lot. They're like, oh, this is a boutique company. This is a boutique company. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, now it's just overcharging me for something. Yes. Especially like with pedals, and we've taken them apart, and you're like, oh, they're all using the same boards. They're using the same casing that's from this yeah, manufacturer. But, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay but with But the, again, they call it boutique. Right. And they upcharge it when it's really nothing. That's when I'm not okay. I don't want anybody slapping uh, a facade on something and then calling yeah. it something better. So, yeah. Um, Justin maybe says, favorite fuzz pedal. Mine is the way huge swollen pickle. I like that pedal. Actually, so you know, Justin, I, out of the... Uh, 
It's not my favorite fuzz pedal, but my favorite way huge pedal is the Javelina. So this is the Javelina Germanium Fuzz. I like that one. I like the Swollen Pickle, um, but this is the one I use. Uh, so that's my favorite way huge. And then my favorite fuzz pedal, I like the Beatronics one, but it's really this, I've said it before, it's this Green Russian that Lawrence made that I don't know if he makes for anyone else, but I really dig it. So uh, if you want to try it out, you can always contact him. I'm sure he'll build you a pedal. There is, so, okay, we'll now call it because we went a little long, and wait, somebody asked, uh, thoughts on the Wazacraft Blues Driver worth the extra money? Um, I have a Wazacraft SD1W, and the only reason I have it is because uh, somebody sold it to me for 30 bucks. And I like it. However, it's got a standard or custom mode. Whatever it is, it's got the tricked out mode in the original. And I, I like the original better. So I don't know. The Wazacraft stuff, it seems pretty cool. But what I, me personally, every time I try the Wazacraft, I find I like the original setting just as much as the custom setting. So I don't see the real added value. And the Wazacraft has a premium price on it for sure. Um, so Tone King said hi to Ralph. Your Highness. <laughs> that was good. That was good. That was like fast. That? Yeah. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, I'm trying to see. Okay, Brett Richardson said, favorite high gain tube head that can still go down to bedroom levels. Oh, this is easy. I was just showing Ralph today all my amps because uh, I'm, I'm gonna purge some stuff. My favorite amp is my Mark V Mini for high gain. It's just... It's ridiculous. It, it does. It does sound good. It has a learning curve. So when you hear people say they don't like it, it mostly is because you got to read the manual. It gets a little wacky, but it's a great amp. Yeah, I, we were we, we put that up against the EVH, everything, um, the Friedmans, and the the Friedman PT was good. Friedman PT over here. That was a very close second. Yes. So it, but that's my favorite high gain amp that does bedroom levels for sure. Um, and then next after that would probably be the PT20 and then the LBX for high gain. Uh, let's see. Uh, Dustin says, what's a versatile 112 speaker for a decent price that I can put into my custom cab? I play metal, country, funk, and etc." You know, I like, I like, um, um, Eminence for price-friendly speakers. They, all their speakers are $7,500. They're made in the USA. They're made really well. And they even have some speakers voiced like selections. Very good stuff. It's hard to beat them uh, for quality over price. Now, there's all kinds of speakers like warehouse speakers, and there's all these other brands, and people will have some suggestions of really cool stuff too that are in their price points. But to me, um, that's something that you can buy from a reputable dealer and maybe get an exchange on. So, in case you buy the wrong kind of speaker. Um, so it's easy. On a 112 cabinet, you know, you, you might want to get a 16-ohm speaker or one or an 8-ohm. It's up to you. You want to decide, right, which one to get um, and then and then do it that way. But speakers, man, they're a huge deal. They make a huge part of your sound, and you can only do it by guessing. And so you got to give it your best your best guess. So I would say imminence just because it's a safe way to go. There is. Okay, and whoops. And it jumped. We jumped again. Okay. Um. 
Immense Wizards. Okay, I just want to see what people are suggesting. So you know there somebody's suggesting Immense Wizards. I ha I haven't tried the Wizards, but I heard they're really good. Okay, last we're gonna do last question. What do you think is what do you like better? The Friedman PT20 or the Run20? Okay, I have both in this room and I'm going to do a comparison video. It'll be out this week. Um, and um, and I will tell you this, which would be cool about the video. I bought both because I wanted to AB them for myself. I decided I should probably videotape it for everybody to see. And I'm keeping one and getting rid of one. So it'll be interesting to see, right? Uh, uh, what, why? I'll give you my reasoning for why I'm doing what I'm doing. Okay. So I'm gonna have to agree with the Tone King on this on the PT20. What? What do you say? PT20. Oh, PT20. <laughs> he's like he's, like I said. I might have to agree with the Tone King. Yes. On the PT20. Okay. So all right. No more. No more. <laughs> no more. What's that? What's it? No more. Uh, pl you know, try to drag yeah. it out. Yes, I agree. This is the spoiler. So so you know, I'm gonna tell you right now. I, I agree with TTK. Uh, the PT20. Um, the functionality. The runt, okay, so in my personal opinion, the runt for its functions, having a clean channel and a dirty channel, being able to direct record uh, and being slightly less priced than the PT20, uh, it was hard to beat. And that's why I bought it initially because yeah. of better dollar value. But it's one of those things, even though the PT20 does one thing, it does that one thing really, really well. And it just, right? It's everybody who's come over, I've had them, you know, play it. And I didn't tell you what I thought before. Yeah. I just had you play it. Everybody the same way. And everybody came to the immediate same conclusion. Wow. The PT 20, um, can't say it blows the, the run 20 away, but I can say I prefer it. So that's, yeah. so you'll see why when I did the video, although you pretty much just saw yeah, the run 20 is good. It's not bad. It's just that the PT is just got a little bit extra special. And then, and then, because this is the 20 million views extra long video, <laughs> somebody said, "What's the worst pedal ever?" Funny, I'm gonna tell you this funny story, because <laughs> this is the funny story video. This is the worst pedal ever, and I love it. <laughs> and the reason I say that is not because I think it's the worst pedal ever. Everyone who I've ever suggested this pedal to had bought one, has sold it, and told me it was the worst pedal ever. <laughs> and everybody who comes over my house and tries it. <laughs> tells me it's the worst pedal ever. No one likes it but me. It's the Joe Saturani Saturator. I, Saturator, I love this pedal. Um, and I can't tell you exactly why, you know, right? It's made by Vox, it's made in Japan. It's very cool. You can pick them up dirt cheap. I bought this one for 50 bucks. And, um, and sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I have pedals for re strange reasons. Here, let me give you an example. I collect pedals because I don't sleep at night, okay? And I don't mean I, I don't sleep and I stay up and buy pedals. No, I don't sleep at night. So what I do is I do what a lot of people do when you can't sleep at night and your family's sleeping. So you can't do anything but be quiet. <laughs> so you stay on the internet. Um, so I do a lot of reading at night. I'll read at night or I'll go on the internet. And I get things in my head like, oh, I need a... I need a PV Joe Satrani amp, or I need a, uh, a Satrani guitar. Yeah, or I may, I maybe I need a Blue Velvet Zinke amp. So what I've learned <laughs> is that I buy pedals like this Saturator Saturator pedal and this Zinke True Get pedal, which is also another pedal that's not very good that I love, um, because whenever I go, you know what, I think I'm going to buy a Zinke amp. I go plug this in and I go, no, I don't need the Zinke amp. <laughs> and when I decided, I, I was looking I was looking at the, the uh, Joe Saturani GSX by PV. Somebody had one on Craigslist local for 450 bucks. And I go, 
well, 450 bucks, I should get that. I mean, it's a great amp. And I plug in the saturator and I go, oh, I love this sound, but I don't need that amp. <laughs> so sometimes the pedals are just to have a sound so I can play it and mess with it and get it out of my head. Um, uh, let's see. <laughs> Tone Geek says, I guarantee you'll keep the PT20. Yeah, you, you nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, so that's, so that's why I have a lot of pedals. It's to mess around with sounds and stuff. Um, uh, let's see. Let's see. Not the runt. So he said, not the runt. What do you think about the rat HRVS hot rod valve special combo? I don't, I don't know it. I know the pedal. I didn't know Rat made an amp. The JSX. Somebody says, uh, Denitus? Denitus? Says JSX burn up. Yeah. I, oh, uh, here's a good one. 1992 year says, I like the JS Vox Ice 9 Overdrive. That's another one I really like. In fact, so you know, I really like his delay pedal too. I liked all his pedals. I bought them all and then I, for some reason weeded down to this one. But. Yeah, I kind of regret getting rid of them. They're just because they were large. I mean, it's a big footprint, but very good stuff. I, very, very good stuff. Um, let's see. Um, somebody says they dream of pedals. I don't have dreams about pedals, but let's see. Uh, could you add a rosewood fretboard, American? standard strat to the rosewood neck and a maple neck american strat comparison oh oh i see what you're saying it's anti-common core saying like on my rosewood versus maple neck uh video could i do a rosewood uh yeah i could do that um i'm kind of doing that now anyways i'm kind of messing with the guitars as we speak so maybe I'll, I'll i'll film it um i do get a little crazy with this stuff and move stuff around to so um, yeah. Okay. Here's a good one. Uh, I'm going to say Nader Von Disgust says, I like the fizz on the satch pedal. Yeah. I like the fizz too. So bad. It's good. Yes. So, okay. Tone King says, I actually like the saturator. I own it too. I agree with you, Phil. It's a pretty good pedal. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know about you TTK, but I've learned for me, I run the gain zero. That's the sound I like on this thing. I, I, you know, if I want it to sound, I just use the gain at zero. But it's a good pedal, and I think it's a very underrated pedal. But, but that's what I. Uh, but then I should also put the disclaimer. But, uh, um, that's the disclaimer I put out. I keep saying that to people, and, and everybody who buys it tells me, "Oh, that was horrible." So maybe you shouldn't listen to me on that. Um, Keeman says, congrats on your milestone. And uh, he, he uh, did the uh, super chat and donated to the channel. That's uh, really cool, Keeman. I appreciate that. That That's nice because it helps pay for the cost of the channel. Well, I'm a little concerned about this cost to Germany. They're paying some of the bill, but <laughs> it's going to be interesting. I, I looked at my itinerary. I was telling Ralph, it's going to be 15 hours of traveling there. A flight. Yeah, Phoenix um, to LAX. Yeah, they're taking me LAX Phoenix to LAX to, LAX to, to Germany. Berlin. Yeah, to Berlin. I'm going to have to, yeah. That's a long time to be on a plane. So, okay. So I know, what else do we got? And then, Shaman Blue says, his fingers are tired from typing. They, um, 
Okay, and we'll do one last one, and then we'll call it. There is... Oh, what do you think of the new neighbor Immerse Reverberator? Um, I like it. <laughs> I have it. It's good. I did a review of it. You can watch it. I, I enjoyed the pedal very much. Now, that being said, I prefer the Boss Reverb pedal. This is my favorite reverb pedal. I don't know why. I just like it. So there's no quality issues. That's probably the Immerse is probably way better in quality. It's one of those things that you're just like, you can't figure out why your, your ear or your, 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 your reaction is that way. But for some reason, this Boss 63 uh, reverb pedal, I just does it for me. If I need reverb, that's where I go. Um, and the Immerse, I'll use it as well too, but I go to that Boss one every time. So, um, and it's a lot, and it's less expensive. So, Mike Page says, was owning a music store worth it? I don't know, Ralph, was owning a music store worth it? Yes. Yeah, I'm going to say yes, because he said yes. You know, uh, the, the first couple of years was weird. Yeah. Because there, there was a huge learning curve. Yep. Um, we had a really good peak. We had the recession. We had the bounce back from the recession on however big of a bounce that was. Yep. Um, so, uh, yeah, it was worth it. Yeah. You get to um, do a lot of cool things. You do. I, we did a lot of crazy things. Um, had fun. Uh, we Lots had, of experience. I mean, we had the store for 12 years. So it was a long time. I mean, that's not... Some people, that won't be a long time. Some yeah. people, that's a long time. 12 years. Um, and I still kind of... This is the you know kind of strange thing. I still kind of own a store. I'm still involved with something that I'm still involved with. So I still have a store, kind of. I know that's a weird way to say it, but kind of like how partnership agreements are. I have partnership agreement with another situation, so I do that too as well. But at the physical store, um, it was cool. Um, so yeah, I yeah. think it was worth it. You had good days, you had bad days. Yeah, I mean um, it's it's different. The truth is, you know, um, Ryan from RNA Music's Watch, and and so you know he 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 knows he has the current business model in play that works which is he's a lesson academy that has retail essentially what i call he's the pirate of the caribbean ride and he has a gift shop so he the money is in the ride and the gift shop is the gravy yep. right the retail stores for the most part unless you can make a large retail store a big store um like sweetwater or you know a, a larger st footprint store um, that's the new business model in play, your lessons, right? So what I, I tell you this, I don't miss the store at all. I wish I could say I did. I don't. Um, because I was work. I had, I had three companies. So I was working seven days a week. I, I, I used to tell everybody six days a week, but my wife would always point out on my day off, I was still doing stuff. Um, so, you know, and, but I missed the lesson academy. So, uh, you know, and that and that got transferred to another place. So it's intact. It's just somewhere else now. Um, so, um, yeah, that's what I missed, the students. But but um, retail, not so much because the consumer went to the Internet. So although you can fulfill orders on the Internet, it's not the same as the one-on-one -on -one stuff. You know, right? if, if people still shop the way they did five, six years ago, I'd probably enjoy the retail a little bit more because we were really involved. Yes. And... Uh, I think we started getting jaded with customers after a yeah, while. Yeah, because, well, you know why? It's because you're... So I'll tell you this thing, and then we'll let you go. So the interesting thing about the retail thing, and this is my my thing I always point out, and anybody who's in retail for a length will probably say the same thing. Um, we never had less customers. 
we always had the same amount of bodies walking through the door. So in the 12 years we had the store, if I was to take the the last year versus the, let's say the second year, because you can't say your first year, second year, same amount of people walk through the door, but not as many sales. So you work just as much. You just didn't sell as much. Yes. And that became the new retail. That's the new norm. People had more questions than they had purchase needs. And so, uh, and I think that's why YouTube is thriving right now because we have more questions than we have needs to purchase. You can buy anywhere, but you can't get information anywhere. Yes. And so, I mean, that's no, it's a no brainer. If you look at how the YouTube channel created itself was through the, through the answering questions all day at the store, I started just saying, okay, we'll put these on the internet so we can refer to Because you get a lot of the same questions. Same questions we refer to them. So, so that's what happened. So it's, again, it's not a bad or good thing. Um, so it's it's just different. But all right, with that note, we are going to let you guys go. Um, and then, all right, one more. Just because as Daniel said, Treadwell said, hey, owning and working in a music store, what did you get? the most sick of hearing people play. Nothing. You know what? I will tell you, Ralph will have a probably different answer. I'll let him answer. I know the answer to this. Yeah. I, tune your guitar. <laughs> what I learned is this. Uh, you know, all the cliches, Stairway to Heaven, all that stuff. I listen to all that stuff. Yeah. Who cares? People play. I love listening to people. I love watching someone do something they love to do. I don't care what it is. Whatever you do. If you love doing it, I love watching people do something either they do well or something they're trying to do well um but i would always always and ralph could tell you this i would always chuckle because because people would pick a guitar to tune and start playing really loud and i would offer them a tuner and they'd say no i would just walk up and clip the tuner on the headstock. yeah we clip the tuner headstock and be like just hey, walk up to and clip it on and walk away yeah. and they would get the point like oh i should yeah they tune up but tune. no a lot of people would not tune up they just play out of tune and um and I, not because I would not even I, so no not not a meanness not because they couldn't hear their out of tune they just didn't care yeah they just like eh it's not worth tuning but to me it was just listening to a listening to a song out of tune drives you, you crazy you know what it does to you it's like going to karaoke where somebody sings flat really bad and so now the problem isn't that you, the person did bad the problem is that when you hear the real song now you hear that person's version in your head. Right, um, and so that's what happened with songs. I listen to songs in the car, and I would hear the out of tune version <laughs> that somebody played. It just does, you know, right? So there you go. Um, so that's the only thing I didn't like. What about you? Was it, uh, it, it's 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 definitely the tuning. After a while, you no, know, Enter Sandman, you would hear that a lot. You didn't yeah, care. Yeah, I didn't care. Um, the Shredder Kids, you no, know, doing sweet picking, you didn't care. All you really yeah, again, it's being tuned. Yeah. And then, and then, uh, it is Lander, is Lander Winder said, tune everything before the store opens. Get this. We had kids. We hired to tune guitars yeah. twice a day. I had everybody tune the guitars. The, uh, I had so many people tell us all the time, right? They would tell mm -hmm. us like, wow, your guitars are actually in tune. I'm like, yeah, we, we, we would have business cards. Remember mm -hmm. if we couldn't tune the guitars, if we couldn't have the kids that tune the guitars, tune the guitars, they would have to stick business cards in the strings to let us know those guitars would be tuned. So I did it because yeah, so of that issue. We had to set up a guitar because it came in and, and yep. uh, temperature changed and moved. Yep. And but, we would, I would do it a lot too. When it, when we hit slow points, just start pulling guitars off the wall, start tuning them. Yep. But it was, you know, when you when you get a full store, yes, that's a you, lot of guitars. Yeah, there's 300 and something guitars on the walls. You can't, you can't, yeah, you, you can't right? tune every you one. You can't of them stay on day. it as fast as you can. This not, they, uh, you know. Uh, and then somebody asked, Chris asked Ralph, "What's your favorite? What kind of music is your favorite music to play?" 
Ah, uh, my favorite music to play. Um, just rock. That's it's gonna be easy. Just uh, rock. No, um, ACDC. No, I play a lot of Megadeth, still Anthrax, Bullin' for Soup. So, um, anything that's kind of fun, I guess. Yeah. Rob C says, playing out of tune is the new cool Ask Nick Jonas. <laughs> yeah. I can, yeah, see, that one sticks in your head too. I find guitars in stores are tuned about a half step down intentional. Uh, yeah. Probably too. We, we had one kid that would do that all the time because he was in Screamo. Yeah. He would tune everything down a half step. <laughs> what, what kid was that? Yeah, um, kid we hired. Yeah, remember? Yeah. He and tuned. We, yeah, we had a kid we hired, and he in the first day he tuned all. He, you know what it was? We didn't know he was doing it, so he was tuning all the guitars down. Right. Yeah. Uh, like a half step or a full step. Yeah. And it was it didn't matter if it was electric or acoustic. Acoustic. Yeah. It was everything better. was tuned down. I forgot about that. Yeah, because it took us forever to figure out what was going on. And so, What's his name? Ah, oh, it's gonna drive me crazy. Let, yeah, I don't remember, but I remember him doing it. They, um, and, uh, and we finally, once we caught on to it, we're like, no, no, no. Yeah, you know, um, so yeah, that's one thing we did. We would we would either hire kids and pay them to tune guitars all day, or we would barter kids' lessons. Yes. So a lot of times if, uh, if families were struggling for to pay for lessons, we would let the kids stay. They could stay 30 minutes, come 30 minutes or before the lesson and stay 30 minutes an hour and work an hour and and work towards their lessons you know because think of this because we'd pay them you know well now it's 10 bucks but then it was like 750 minimum wage so we give them 750 for an hour's worth of work that that cuts into their lesson you know yeah. uh rate so we would do that stuff because we would barter tuning and stuff and and everybody did it um you know um you know we're talking about chester bennington you know passing and yeah. uh jamie his son he worked for us for a while you know and he was a great kid yeah uh, he did and so, that's what he was doing was was yeah, tuning guitars he, he and wiping them guitars. down. Yep, he made him do the same thing as anybody else. So, all right. Well, that was a great time. I hope you guys enjoyed hanging out with us. I enjoyed hanging out with you, um, especially since this is kind of impromptu. I just got excited about the twenty million view mark. I thought that was kind of exciting, um, and uh, I want to thank you all for that because that's because of you guys that this is uh, this is all happening and we're doing this stuff and it's 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 great and. Um, and somebody says, but does it gent? And probably does. <laughs> so there you go. As always, guys, I want to thank you guys for hanging out, sharing your time with us, and uh, knowing your gear.